0: Glad that everyone is watching right now. Um, thank you for joining us in our Worship uh, Sunday online. You know, um, in this past week, we've been focusing on our team Rebuilding of the Church. And I uh, just to give uh, a short summary. We have started it by laying down the foundation, by emphasizing that Christ will build His Church and followed on we discuss as we rebuild the church what is the first priority of the church we learned that our first priority is god that we have to return to him to be restored our relationship with him our focus to be him and last sunday pastor ray discussed the calling of the church he highlighted what are the things that we need to do and at the last part of his sermon he showed us a picture of a ship, a destroyer ship, or a battleship. And he used this, uh, this ship to describe what a church should be. And he gave a quote. I would just want to quote the, 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 the statement he made. He said, The church is neither created for comfort nor for leisure. Rather, she was conceived to withstand suffering, persecution, and difficulties. Her best features are shown in adversities, and hardship, not in the wealth and entertainment the people of God has always shown, uh, shown resilience in famine, in war, and tribulation. You know, I personally, personally agree with this observation because if you study church history, you realize that the church strives best in times of tough and hard times. I would suggest if you have not taken church history, my do take church history, you will embrace, you will understand how the church strives in times of difficulty and hardship, so as he as I was looking at this, I become curious. So I did a little research on how this ship function. What are the things inside the ship? How many people will be needed to operate the ship? And I found it is complex. It's quite demanding. I'll just show you. This is how it looked like. There's so many parts. There's so many uh, areas. And in terms of number of people, I noticed this. In terms of number of people, ito ang organization chart nila. And they said that a typical destroyer ship requires 300 crews to operate. And all the personnel that's involved in this ship knows their functions and responsibility. They also need each other. To make sure the boat will keep on running you see as i ponder this complexity i remember another specific analogy that was used in the scripture an analogy that's more complex dynamic and organic paul in his writing constantly described the church as a human body Kaya i did a quick google how many parts, dito, uh, I'm not sure kung uh, tama ito, but they said 206, 206 bones in our body, 600 muscles, 3,000 nerves, 79 organs, kung more than that daw baka alien kayo, 250 different parts to 2,500 different parts. On the right side, I'm showing on the right side is just the the, circula- the, the breathing, yeah, circulatory system not highlighting the muscles on all those things. So it's a complex, but yet in the Scripture, Paul is emphasizing the church to function like a body. You know, as we conclude our team, rebuilding the church, may we realize that we are called to be unified in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And as part of that, we are all part, we are all members of that body and that we have a role to play. You know, I've entitled this sharing, The Church, The Body of Christ, and we'll be looking to a few passages today. And I've written them in front of us. It's all from the writings of Paul. So let's read some of of these verses. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 to 18, we read, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head... Of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead and in everything he might be preeminent in chapter 2 verse 19 and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourish and need together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from god and in ephesians chapter 5 we read for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands now let's jump to romans romans says for by the grace given to me i say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that god has assigned for as is one body we have many members and that members do, do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of one of another. Having gifts that differs according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving the one who teaches in his teaching, and the one who exhort in his exhortation, and the one who contributes in generosity and the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness now let's jump to first corinthians chapter 12 here again you see at it is there are many parts yet one body the eye cannot say to the hand i have no need of you nor again the head to the feet i have no need of you on the contrary the parts of the body that seems to be weaker are indispensable and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with great modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that, that lack it, that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers... All suffer together. If one member is honored, all, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon that we are gathered in our different homes, different places. We ask, O oh Lord, as we look into your word, remind us of who we are as your church, that we are your body, and you are the head. I pray, Lord, as we look into your word today, we ask for your Holy Spirit to convict us, to remind us, to steer our thoughts, our mind. Restore us to be a church that's alive, that is submissive to your will, that's obedient to your word, that's willing to follow you, Salamat, Panginoon, for this afternoon, and we thank you for this platform that we can still ponder on your word. I pray for your Holy Spirit to move powerfully in different homes, in different families, Lord, and make all of us so attentive today. Salamat. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You'll notice that the text that I have highlighted today, I have selected various verses from different letters that Paul have wrote. See, these verses that I've chosen specifically are verses that Paul used to describe the church. He uses human body, and with this analogy, it's so interesting how Paul used the body to minister to the different churches, because those churches... Have a unique challenges or situation that they're in. Let's just look at uh, just briefly what's happening in those churches. So this is Paul writing first in Colossae, or in the Colossian. See, this church is a young church; hindi siya matanda, baguhan pasha, and it's not a prominent church nga Hindi not central or it's not a place where people would do dealing. But at that particular church, there is false teaching that's so rampant. And one specific false teaching is this: they are demoting the identity, the power, the glory of who Christ is. They dem- they are demoting these false teachers, demoting who Christ is. That is absolute. So when you read the first few chapters, Paul was highlighting that Christ. Is the preeminent. He is the authority. He's above all things. And because of this, it leads to confusion and also division. Also, in this church, there is a mixture of pagan worship and Jewish worship. Kaya naguguluhan sila. Now, let's look and move to another place in Ephesus. Now, in the letter of Ephesus, it's not specifically written to a specific church but it was written to the churches in that area. So, it's a general letter. In here, the church, they have um, a lot of pagan worship. In this particular area, there's a lot of temples. So, there is... And also, in this particular area, majority are Gentile Christian. Only a few are Jewish Christian. So, ngayon, in this place, my division. Kaya... He's writing to them, reminding them who they are. Now, let's look at Romans, at Rome. Now, Rome is a prominent city, and the reason why Paul was writing to them is to solidify the doctrines and understanding who God okay, yeah, half of Almost half of the book of Romans is, is very full of theology and doctrines. the same time, Paul's aim is to instruct them on how how the Christian, how the follower of Christ, should live in the, in the pagan world. Kaya after twelve, renewing a mind, the detail niya na pano ang isang Christian magli. The same time in this place there were division between the Jew and the Gentiles. Now let's look at Corinthian. Corinthian is another rich city, wealthy because it's a place where they do trading, malapit siya sa sa main road at the same time malapit sa sa maraming ship na dumadaan however it's a place with a lot of immorality in this particular church there is conflict and division because my preferences sila And there are sins that rampant in the church another problem that this church is facing is this is pride this church is gifted with spiritual gifts kaya pag binasa mo 11 12 13 is gifted with spiritual grip. gift. Pero ang problema, mayayabang. Nagpataluhonan, sasabihin nila, I, I speak, in tongues. Ikao hindi mas mataas ako sa yung ganon na attitude. That's why Paul said you have to operate in love. Now, if you read in this context, you read the background of the city in the churches. You know what it reminds us? It reminds of churches today. It reminds of our our it reminds of our care groups we face false teaching. we have conflicts and even division there is a separation of status and background yung mga mayayaman lang kasama ko yung mga mahihirap hindi yung mga singkit lang kasama ko yung mga mapuputi lang kasama ko there is division. The Hence, you know what? I, I am being reminded here no matter the size of the church, may it be big or small, how rich it is, poor or rich, how old the church is, young or old, they will still face problems and issues. And we should not be surprised, but instead understand and embrace the fact that there is no perfect church while we are still in the flesh. Hence, what should be our response? Our response is this. We come to the Lord and said, Lord, come have your work, have your way in our lives. We humbly come to God. Lord, we need your grace. How should we respond? We should respond by studying the scripture and understand the design of God on how the church should live and act. And it's all written in the scripture. How we should we respond? We should also respond and ask God, Lord, what is my part? What can I do? I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. Many times we are not part of... pastor oh, na. Are we part of the solution or we are part of the problem? If you love the church, If you understand who we are as a church, you will come in humility to to God and say, Lord, I want to be part of the solution. Tell me, work in me, work in us, so that we may live on how you design us to be. You see, Paul was encouraging and reminding the churches in the past and even us today that we are the body of Christ. And when we realize that we are one body, the strife, the tension that's happening in our midst will reduce. When we realize that we are one body, we learn to value each other, how important each other in our life. When we realize that we are one body in Christ, we begin to operate and function in one heart and one spirit. And we will be able to discover our divine responsibility as a church. There are three principles that we will look into today. in what it means to be a body of Christ. First is this. As being part of the body of Christ. We are unified in the Lordship of Jesus. You see, people gather together for many reasons. For example... What brings people together in business organization is profit. Pag walang profit, hindi magsasama yan. What brings people together in, in, in interest group, their passion. Kaya tingnan mo sa mga Instagram may nagsasayaw sa Wayawan dan. Kahit saan nagsasayawan, bakit? Passion nila sumayaw. They have interest in music. You will look at that because they are congregating, they're coming together for their desire, for their passion. What brings people together in a non-profit organization? Probably social work, because they desire to to bring bring change into society. But you know what made the church different is this, from any kind of organization is this, the church don't gather on the basis of background or status or interest, but what caused us to be united, to be together, is because of Jesus because he is the head of the church. Look at Paul's letter. He repeatedly highlighted this truth. And we will look, a few of them is, and, and as we look at the, the, these verses, you will see that Paul is giving us different perspective what it means to be the head of the church. Let's look at Colossians. He says here in Colossians, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in everything he might be preeminent. Go and read the whole chapter of chapter one. You'll notice how Paul was describing God as the absolute authority. He's above, he's the one who begins, he's the Alpha and Omega. Apart from him, the gathering is nothing. So he's emphasizing that. Because in Colossians, there's a false teacher that they said, Sinian Jesus Nian. So here, head means in this verse that Jesus is absolute authority. Secondly, in verse chapter 2, for the head from whom the whole body nourished and knitted together through its joint and ligaments grow with the growth that is from God. Here, head means is the source of life, the source of growth. He's the one that unifies each part of the body. And without the head, it means there's no growth. I was doing a research in Google. Sabi ko, na interesado ko nito ah. Ano yung part? And I did There's one small part in our brain. Hindi ko nababasahin, mahirap basahin yung term. Google nyo na lang. Pinapatawa ko lang kayo. Sabi nito, this gland, sabi niya, it controls the growth It controls the reproduction. It controls the blood pressure. It controls physical function. In process, Part Without that, that small part, there's no growth. Now here, Paul is saying, without the head, there's no growth. The last in in another text in Ephesians, it says here, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ. Is the head of the church, his body. 24, now as a church, submit to Christ. Now, in, in these verse, the emphasis is this. The head means in the position of leadership and responsibility. That the church has to submit to Jesus. How do they submit? You know why? If you read Ephesians, it's because Jesus died for the church. Position of leadership and responsibility. Hence, when Paul said Christ is the head, it means it is one that brings life. It is one that brings purpose. It is one that controls in direct. It is one that connects every part. It is one that brings unity. You know, I experienced certain when I went to mission field. I was even though hindi ko kilala yung pastor pero pag ministry kami para best friend. Why? Because it's God who unites us. Best friend pa sa Facebook. When we message each other, why? Because it's God who unites us. is Jesus, the head of the church. Now, if we know that Jesus is the head of the church, our, the result with this is a proper perspective. It reminds us that Jesus is the main in charge of the church. It demolishes the idea of our self-importance. It removes that the idea that we can run the church by ourselves without God's help. If we recognize that he's the one who brings growth, all the more we depend on him and trust him. If we know that God is the one who leads, what happened? It reminds us to come constantly to return to God and say, "Lord, give us discernment. Align us to your leading in your purpose." If Jesus is the head, it also reminds us that our loyalty should always be in Him, not in any personality or not in any ministry. It reminds us that without the head, the body is nothing. It reminds us that we are part of the church because of Jesus. Now let us ask ask ourselves, are we living in submission to his lordship in our life in our family in as a church you know if you would study church history i realize that when a church loses her way one main causes this they are not submissive to the lordship of jesus christ many times they do their own agenda many times they do their own will they don't submit to god They fail to discern the things that God is doing. They pursue their own wants and desire. Now, in relation to our context, when Christ is not the center of the church or not the center of a care group or even our ministry, you will notice that our unity will be affected. Pag ang ang center ng care group mo, is jalan-jalan. mag kayo. Pag-ansento ng group mo is something else, you will see. mag there's no fruitfulness. You begin to focus on petty issues. Because you're not focusing on Jesus, who is the head of the church, the head of our homes, the head of our care groups and ministries. Let's go back and say, Lord, remind us that you are the head. First, we need to realize as the body of Christ, we are unified in the Lordship of Jesus. Second, as being part of the body of Christ, we grow in interdependence. Interdependence. You know, one implication of being unified in the Lordship of Christ is becoming a member of the body. And to be mutually connected, you know, from a state of seclusion or isolation, we become part of a community that's inter interdependent and also interconnected. You know, interdependent means this. Independence means a state of being dependent upon one another. Hindi tat yung mga mahal na mahal magbike jan. tawag yung pagtinanggal mo yung Chain. Hindi aandar ang bike. Para kang nagba-bike lang sa bahay. Tanggalin mo ang gulong. Diyan sa lang Hindi ka makakagalaw. All the parts in that bike has to work, function together. And that's what called interdependence. There is a uh, children's song that I, I encountered. Ito, hindi ko alam yung chono, but very interesting. Sabi dito, the foot bone Connected to the leg bone. The leg bone connected to the knee bone. The knee bone connected to the thigh bone. And the next verse, ang easy to remember, no? The thigh bone connected to the hip bone. Yan, may sumasagot dito. The hip bone connected to the backbone, The backbone connected to the neck bone. Now, remove one of the bone, everything will fall apart. Remove one of the bone, everything will fall apart. Kaya baka kung masakip ang likod mo, baka hindi na-connected yung hip bone mo dyan. Check-check mo, ako Kung masakip ang likod mo, baka wala ka ng hip. <laughs> so all is functioning together. Interdependent. No matter the size, the shape of the strength of the bone, they are working together. However, we are not used to this because of our self-reliant or self-serving nature. It is something that we need to understand and comprehend the plans of God in our life in the church. What it means to be interconnected and dependent to each other. You know, even the early church did not understand what it means to be interdependent. Especially the Corinthian church. Now, the Corinthian church is very interesting if you would study the background they are divided sabi nila doon sa earlier chapter i follow apollos i follow i follow paul i follow jesus christ ba may preference ba may grouping grouping sabi no oy ako kay pastor ray oy ako kay pastor dan mas gusto ko si pastor dan magandang beard si <laughs> pastor ray walang balbas diyan walang beard joke lang ha no 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 ang favorite ko worship leader si emily And they, they must prepare kung intro Must Mas, mas, may preference, may kampi-kampihan. Some other is in, in Corinthian churches segmentation, My division. Anong division? The rich and the poor. Now, if you read study First Corinthians 11 about communion, you know what the emphasis there. What was Paul was addressing is because the rich people were doing the, uh, the communion first, hindi nalang inintay yung mga hihirap. Pupunta sila doon, kasi mayaman, so they start first and they start eating. Ang mga may hirap, magtatrabaho muna. Ang problema, darating na hapon, etong mga mayaman, tapos na. And Paul was addressing that issue. And then there's Jews and Gentile. Different background. Ang Ilocano hindi pwedeng lumapit sa bisaya, Kasi may ebidensya. So all the segmentation. May groupings. And then meron pang pride. O ikaw nag-speak tongues, hindi ako. Ikaw, mga yung sabi nang-speak tongues, ako mag-speak tongues all throughout. I walk. Because I'm more gifted. Ika gift mo, wala, oh, ikaw, you know, they elevate themselves because of pride. They value their gifting so much that they look at each other down. Now, look at what Paul said in his letter to them. He said this Now, there are varieties of gift, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activity, but the same God who empowers them. All in everyone; to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For if one body we were are baptized in one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink in one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member. Of many, if the foot should say, "Because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body," that will not make it a less part of the body. And if the ear would should say, "Because I'm not the eye, I will not belong to the body," that will not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body is an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arrange the members in the body, each one of them as He chose. If all were a single member, where will be the body be? As if there are many parts, yet one body. The same idea was repeated in Romans: "For as one body, we have many members, and the, all and the members do not all have the same function. You know what Paul was telling the Corinthian church is this. You need to be mutually supportive with one another. Because believers do not grow in isolation. Believers are made to serve and also to be served. Now, how can it apply to us today? Here are some principles or practical ways for us as Living Word Fellowship to grow in our interdependence it's first this celebrate the diversity of our spiritual gifts and our abilities celebrate discover our gifts discover what is the talent that god is giving you and at the same time when you discover it use it rejoice rejoice mas magaling sa yung rejoice na mas magaling sa you sa theology rejoice may mas sa Sa other aspect of ministry. Rejoice. Recognize. Don't compare. Si Tita Salve, ganyan yan. Palagi na lang. Yan si Brother Rocky, ganyan. Don't compare. May ibang gift ka. Don't even, even judge. So, value each other's gift inability. You know, I was back in the Philippines and I was attending a, my wife's church there. A very funny illustration by the pastor. Sabi ng pastor ganito, mayroong tao naglalakad daw papunta kabila, crossing the road. Sabi ng tenga, oh, sabi ng tenga sa mata, oh, mayroong coaching darating, tingnan mo, ayaw makinig ng mata. So hindi, katingin pa rin kasi mayroong pupunta at bibili ng Jollibee biyata doon ay eh may narinig na kotse, tingin ka, ay- ayaw. Kasi nga, hindi sila best friend. Hindi niya fit, nalike yun sa Facebook account niya, kaya hindi niya pakiginan. So nakatingin, oh, Ngayon, nakatingin siya, sinabi ng mata kasi kakampi niya si Fit. Lakad. oh naglakad, kasi kakampi ay si Fit. Ayaw makinig kay ear. nagcross ano na nangyari? Na-accident. All of us has to work together. Compliment, not complain. Compliment. Because each of, of all of us have strength and weaknesses. Be involved in the life of the church. Invest. Be willing to open your heart. Don't close or build walls. Instead of building walls, build bridges. You know, in verse 18, very interesting, it says here, but it, but at it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. It is God who arranged the body as He chose. Kaya don't be choosy. Kung ang care group leader mo, o member mo sa care group, ay ganoon ang itsura, don't be choosy. Enjoy. Enjoy mo na lang. Don't be choosy. Ask the Lord why God placed you there. Ask God why God placed you there and how God can use you that place. Also, don't ask always what you can get from the church. Instead, ask this, what can I do to serve the church when i saying church is the body of Christ, not just here, the things here, what we are doing. Involve your life. Don't always say, yan, yan Ask, Lord, how can I Contribute to my brothers and sisters join a care group join a ministry you know I want to thank take this opportunity to thank the ministries who has been who has been faithfully uh, serving the Lord in spite of this pandemic yung mga streaming team salamat sa inyo sa mga children ministry sa mga ushering and so on there's so many names that I will not be able to mention salamat that you are investing your life. And I know God is being glorified. Salamat. Third practical way is this. Nurture and serve each other in love. Manifest love in every way. When you are using your gift, it's not for you to flaunt or say you are good. It is, use, it is for you to use it out of love in service to other people. You know, you know what Paul said in the Corinthian church? Yes, they might be spiritually gifted in many aspects of their life, but this is what he told them, do it in love. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy and boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. We manifest that love by helping those who are weak and struggling. You know, when Paul saw Peter did something, you know, both of them are leaders of the church. Pero, there was one time that Paul has to direct si Peter. Why? Because they are brothers. But look at how the relationship, they continue on. In later part, they recognize each other's value. Then another verse here in 26. If one member suffers, all suffers together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. One aspect of serving in love is to suffer and also to rejoice together. You know, I realize this. A person that's maturing in his faith will always value a community of God. Value growing in the church. It is questionable. It might be imbalanced if you are thinking that by yourself you can grow. Because God did not create us alone. We are made for relationship. You know what Paul Tripp said in this book? He said, remember that the gospel of God's grace teaches us That lasting change of heart in hands always takes place in the context of relationship, first with God and then with the people of God. It's easy to fill our mind with concept or theological aspect, but to apply it is always in the context of relationship with God and relationship with people. So we learn as the body of Christ, we are to grow in our interdependence with each other. And lastly, as the body of Christ, as being part of the body of Christ, we are ex- extension, we extend the ministry of Jesus. You see, our bodies have a purpose, and we are called to be productive. We are not simply made to exist. Hindi tayo bato, nandun lang nakaupo, walang nangyayari. You know, as parent I want to see my child grow and being productive. I want to ex- I I now I'm teaching Levi by many things. Oh, pakitapon to. May utosan na ako. <laughs> oh, pwedeng pwedeng pakatapon to. Pwedeng, I will, ha, now I I as I I say grow, I I hope that he will be productive. He will as he mature, he have to Pwede bang sa susunod papataas, oh, panlinis ng aircon. So, as you grow, you mature, you become productive. Now, pag nagmamature ka, tas hindi ka nagiging nagpaproduc- productive, alam mo ang Pabebe. Pabebe. Something is wrong. Something is wrong in the theology of that person and how he live his Christian faith in balance. You think you're mature, pero... Hindi, ka, hindi nakita yung, the way you live. You, you, you know, see how the Lord would restore us. He changes from the inside, in the same time, He will, uh, he will cause us to live a life, to be productive, and to be a blessing to people. Sasabihin mo nagmamature ka, pero pa baby ka? Mama, baby. Then something's wrong. That's not maturity, that's imbalanced maturity. Similarly, as a body of Christ, as God will build us. As we mature in the Lord, the church has a purpose and a duty to accomplish because we are an extension of the ministry of Jesus. You know what Jesus said in Luke 4? He said here, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind, to set the liberty to those who are oppressed. You see, if Jesus is the head of the church, it means that we are the hands and feet that will continue the ministry of His work. You know the encouragement, what Jesus said in John 14, 12? He said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works that these will he do because I'm going to the Father. To be the body we are called to function, to be productive, to be an agent of change in the community, in society we are in today. You know, I've been having discussion with Pastor Ray, and we were pondering one time we were talking. Ngayon di kami nagmimit dahil bawal kami magsama, LDR (long distance relationship) because it's hard to meet at this time. You know, we were discussing, and then. We asking what is the cost of, What what's the purpose of God in this pandemic? We begin to ask, and I begin to ask, and ask, and discern the things that God is doing. Do we still be? Are we still functioning as an extension of the ministry of Christ, or we have become so inward looking that we have so focused on ourselves, on our wants? on how the church functioned internally that we have forgotten that there's a broken world out there. Earlier this year, Pastor Ray and I attended a conference and the speaker at the time is, the, is, is from the Pastor of Grace Assembly and there's a quote that struck me. He says here, he said, pandemic is not an interruption but a disruption. Ngayon, nakita ko interruption disruption this, 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 Disruption, alam nyo indifference. Kung alam nyo difference, il message say jan. Ako hindi ko alam difference kaya chine meaning. You see, interruption is to disturb or halt ongoing process. But disruption is to throw into confusion or disorder. Different meaning. It's not an interruption, but a disruption. What is God telling us today? Through COVID-19. Are God calling us to be the church? Because we have been stuck of just really doing the church. Is God doing a new thing? Is God telling us, church, you are called to be salt and light in this world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 to 16 says, you are the light of the world the city sets on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do the people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and gives light in all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. What is God shaking? What is God doing? You see, if you read the book of Acts, the early church started to grow. Chapter one, two, three, they started to grow in numbers. In chapter two, he said they, they gathered, they had their communion, they prayed, they grew in numbers. But you know what happened in Acts chapter eight? There's a reversal, Acts one, six to eight, become Acts eight, verse one, what happened? Persecution came. But despite of that persecution, you know what? The church continued continue to be the church. And after many years, you see how, in this chart, how the church grew. Why? They continue to be the church that God wants them to, to be. You know, they can just stop, Lord. But persecution? i They can complain but you know what? The church all the more grew in those times of hardship and trial times. You know I saw this beautiful quote which I want to share to you. You see God often uses difficult moments to accomplish a larger purpose. Larger purpose in ourselves. Larger purpose in the church because God has a larger purpose so I begin to ask Lord what are you doing I pray that as we rebuild the church we may discern what God is doing in our life in the church so that we can continue to be the hands of feet to be a light in this generation you know as a summary as a body of Christ We are unified in the lordship of Jesus because we are united in him we grow in our interdependence, in our connection in our dependence with each other and as we grow in maturity we become his extension of ministry to the broken world to conclude, you know rebuilding the church always begins with going back to him that's why we establish the truth that it is Christ who built the church. It is the first priority is for the church to return to God. But it, it does not end there. Rebuilding the church will, is always holistic. It deals with the inside and also deals with the external. It costs us vertical and horizontal. And during this time, and I've mentioned I've been asking what is God doing. I believe God is rebuilding the church, not just living world, but many churches, to examine if they're being the salt and light in this time. You see, the pandemic has shattered our routines of doing doing church. It shattered the routines. But God is calling us to be the church no matter what is our situation i did a short reading on how the church responded in pandemic before i close in 249 a.d there's a plague that happened in rome 5,000 deaths happened in rome in a day the church the christian at the time was just minority and how did they respond they never run away they the one who served them feed them and love those who have gone who who gone through this plague and what happened the people saw the love of Christ in the lives of the Christian they won the admiration and also they won people to the Christian faith now in 14th century there's a there's a black death, there's a plague that happened. It wiped out almost half of the population in Europe. You know, the church once again rose up. Martin Luther and even his pregnant wife remained and cared for those who are sick. There's a letter he said in the letter in he said that we are here alone with the deacons, but the church is present too that Christ is present too. Now, there's another in 1854. There's an outbreak and struck fear in the hearts of Londoners. 14,000 people died in London. Charles Spurgeon was there. He was just 20 years old. He has a choice to run away. But he remained and preached the gospel because he saw that the storm that happened in their midst led many people to seek refuge in christ the rock last few days i was watching news you know if you just listen to this what he said he said this pandemic will become endemic an endemic it means that this thing will will persist it might remain for a long time and here i show you a short a simple chart on how what will happen a prediction might happen how the pandemic would subside. And said in prediction, pa it's 2022, 2023. You know, in all these things happening, I believe the church are being called by God to return to be the salt and light in this world. To be His body. To be His extension. Not to be comfortable in our homes or even in this place. But to see the broken world out there. That God will use us to minister to them. Remember brothers and sisters. God is the head and we are his body. And no matter what happens, be the church. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon that we have looked into your word. Sorry, oh God, we have come to you with brokenness and repentance. That we have defined church all about us. We have defined church by our own understanding. We have defined church that we think the church is all about us. Forgive us, Lord. Remind us that the church is yours. That as we mature, you have called us to be an instrument for your glory. Lord, reign in our hearts. Reign in our lives. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Be the one that rules in our homes, in our families, in our marriages, in our children in the ministry lord reveal your church rebuild lord god as we return to you restore the calling that you have called us to be remind us lord less of us and more of you we ask for your holy spirit to work in our life. To purge any selfishness. To remove Lord. Any self-centeredness. And I pray oh God. That you will convict our hearts. So that we will respond in obedience Lord. That we respond to your call. To be a light of salt. In this time. Of darkness and brokenness. Oh God, have your way in our midst. Oh Jesus, in your own way, in your own places, speak to the Lord. Ask Him to work in your lives, in your family. Are we teaching the right values to our children? Are we showing our children how to love our neighbor as parents are we are, is our goal is to consume or to be comfortable is those values are in placing to our children or are teaching our children to be an instrument for his glory so come to the lord right now and ask God Lord forgive us restore us to be the church that you want us to be Oh God have your way Oh Lord Oh Lord In our lives, may you reign.
1: Redemption, sacrifice, now glorify, now testify, His kingdom come. rain. God's love,
0: the grace of God,
1: the grace of God, the word of God revealed to us. Jesus, God's holiness displayed. Now glorified, now justified, His kingdom come. Righteousness redeemed.
0: Lord have your way Have your way in your church God Reveal your church Restore our love for you Restore Lord our love For our neighbors Restore Lord our love for those who are Broken Remove Lord our selfishness Lord our petty issues in our life. Remove Lord our pride. Restore oh God the seal of the Lord in our life. Because the church is made for you. It's made to bring you glory. Oh God revive us revive us revive us use us for your glory amen
1: for we worship
0: you unite us as one we grow in dependency in each other may we extend the extension of your love and mercy to the world out there Salamat Panginoon let's just raise our hands and receive the benediction now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. Convict us each day. Let your Holy Spirit work in us. And even though, Lord, we remember those brethren who are have a challenging time, especially this work from home, I pray that you empower them with your strength. May your love and your grace cover them. I pray that you keep us all safe as we face this brand new week. Salamat, Panginoon. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Salamat po, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us in our online worship service. At 2 p.m., we will have our um, grief seminar. So do join us. We will post it in Facebook in link. So hopefully you can join us. God bless everyone. Thank you. See you soon.